Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dysfunctional Fitness Podcast. You're joined uh, by myself, Matthew Hosking, and of course, Ben Bodycom. We are going to break down 23.2, give our thoughts and reaction to uh, the announcement that was about an hour ago, and then at the end, we'll just do a little uh, recap of 23.1 as well for those who are interested in that. Right, so Benjamin, 23.2 in the books it is a 15 minute amrap of five burpee pull-ups and 10 shuttle runs but every round you add another five burpee pull-ups then at the 15 minute mark we go into a five minute window where you have to find a one rep max thruster what are your thoughts um i love it as a workout i think it's a uh so so to, to go a couple of steps back Obviously, the open last year was Dave Castro's last open that he programmed. This year is Boz's first year of programming. And he is definitely being an OG crossfitter with how he's programming this stuff. We're not seeing a clean. We're not seeing a snatch. We're not seeing an Olympic lift. Instead, we're seeing the thruster, a brute force movement that I'm sure men with limited overhead mobility are screaming with happiness at their ability to strict press to 120 kilos overhead after doing a front squat. Um, uh, but uh, joking aside, coming back to the first bit, I, I really like the burpee pull-up. Uh, I like the shuttle runs. I have views on how uh, it will be for gyms logistically. <laughs> but Yeah, that's exactly what thoughts we had when it was announced. Yeah, um, having so so we we got exposed to shuttle runs for the first time in quarterfinals last year. Um, within our space at BFG, the, the old space that we had was quite big, and even then, that was still a struggle to run multiple heats at the same time. You, know, you got people constantly crossing over each other, people running into each other, and it's uh, it can be a little bit of a logistical nightmare. Um, the way that CrossFit have now specified the floor plan as well isn't ideal. But I think from, from what I've seen of 23.1 as well, it's not like they're penalizing people for not following the floor plan. Exactly right. You know, your rings and your rig don't have to be at that exact point. Um, so I, I think, you know, the logistics aside, I think it's a great workout. I think it's a great test. We've just seen Velner and Kranikov go through it and push really hard and show that there's not going to be a huge amount of separation for the elites at the top. Um, so I'm really interested to see who's going to be able to really uh, be able to put up a top score on both of these workouts. Mm-hmm. You say not much separation between the elites at the top. There was not much uh, separation between the amateur heat. Kathleen Staunton and Joe Feller, only one rep separated them in a part A. So... I think it's not much separation all all around. Um, but yeah, I correct, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he went out a little hot, and she caught who? Right. Uh, Joe Trella, the the amateur guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've taken the splits for him uh, when I was watching it, and to be fair, it was similar for Roman and Velna. They actually, I'll take the splits for Velna when we get into it, but they actually got within back to the pull bar within like two or three seconds, pretty much every round. Um, I think she moved the burpee pull-ups a bit faster than him. So every time I think he had a slight lead and then she would catch him up slightly on the pull-ups and they uh, finished one rep within each other. So I think it was pretty, pretty close. 
Um, but yeah, like my view on the workout, I think it's really good. As Boz said, he gave like a little spiel, which is I don't think they've ever done before, actually talking about why they designed this workout. But after the announcement, then he said, I think it's the first ever workout that is monostructural and a gymnastics couplet they've ever done, um, which is quite cool. Uh, this must be uh, the workout when he teased, I can't remember where it was from, but saying that this year there'll be a movement or two that aren't new to CrossFit, but will be new to the Open. So I assume this must be it with the burpee pull-ups and the shuttle runs. I mean, we can wait to see what happens next week as well, because um, I think we both think there's still going to be a wall involved with either hands and push-ups or maybe even wall-facing hands and push-ups or something of that uh, sort. But yeah, I really like it. Uh, just pure capacity. This is like for me, this is like my definition of CrossFit of like pure capacity mixed with who's still strong when you're breathing hard um, and put up a big weight. So yeah, I think it's close to a perfect and for an open workout, two scores I think is really good in this format of the three weeks. More scoring opportunities, um, still tests again, two wide ranges of fitness. I think it's almost perfect um, for this style. Um, but yeah no uh yeah no negatives with it really like it only issue is obviously we get into it obviously movement standards might be a bit iffy but i mean that's the same with most crossfit workouts so it is what it is um but yeah as a programming front of the movements the time domain and that heavy lift i think it's all yeah 10 out of 10 yeah and, and i think like to, to touch on that the scale workout for this i don't know if it looks it's just burpees instead of uh, burpees to a six-inch touch or burpees to a bar um, instead of the burpee pull-up. Uh, that that would be that's a horrible workout in of itself. I I, I cannot imagine a. I, I think I'd much rather do the RX version of this workout than I would do the the scaled version of this because that's. I think yeah. Well, I think yeah. Scaled's just uh, touching the bar, right? Yeah. I think I'm yeah. yeah. Which, yeah, so basically just a burpee and just touch the bar. Yeah, so I mean, as you said, yeah, it could even be more, could even be worse because just gonna, the cycle speed of the burpee is going to be even faster, um, which is get your heart rate even more jacked. But yeah, I think it's really good. I think it depends who you speak to. Obviously, we um, like were speaking the last week and tossing around workout ideas. Um, I think we came to a conclusion where I thought it was going to be some version of handstand push-ups I thought uh, sumo deadlift high pulls were going to be the new movement just because it's in the like foundational nine movements of CrossFit in the level one, all that jazz in the judges course hasn't come up in the open. Um, wouldn't be a surprise to see that. So I thought it'd be some combo of that with hands and pushups and maybe a jump rope. And I did think it'd probably be a two-part into a max lift, but I was leaning towards a snatch because again, we haven't seen that in a while. Uh, so I sort of got that uh, two-parter right, but then you gave a good shout with the uh, shuttle runs and the burpees. Um. Uh, yeah. But. Yeah, and, and and I think we are seeing like something I referenced last week was us talking about the uh, this separation piece that we're now getting, where it's you know you you're not well. What I originally said was that you're not going to get much bottlenecking. I think unfortunately you're going to get a lot of bottlenecking in this. In this, um, I haven't seen. Uh, is the tie break for? Part A, your score on Part B. So I know they've done that before. Yeah, I was literally just about to say one. Um, yeah, there is. I'm reading it right here. Um, there is no tie break for 23.2 A. If athletes tie on the weight lifted in 23.2 B, their score on 23.2 A will be used as their tie break. The athlete with more reps completed on 23.2 A will win. Yeah, so there's a tie break on the lift, but not on 23.2 A. Right. Um, so, so they, they 
think there's going to be enough separation on 2A. Yeah. Which I mean, which I mean, sort of makes sense to be fair, because that's seconds, and then in the lift, people usually group around set numbers. So you'll see a lot of ties at like you know, well for the Americans, two twenty five, and then like two forty five, two seventy five, uh, or a bit lower, a one eighty five, you know, one fifty five. All those classic numbers because like everyone has like a set number. It's just and lifting's way more psychological around numbers. So yeah, I'm not too surprised by that. Um, yeah, but yeah. Right, should you want get into it? Yeah, should we look at the uh, how it went down between Valner and Kranikov? Uh, and then we'll look at how they strategized it a little bit and then dive into what our recommendations are for strategizing it uh, for the people who listen to the podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got both. So I've got the amateur's heat uh, splits as well. So that's a bit more, I think, uh, yeah, that would be more relatable to... Um, the people listening to this but yeah we'll jump in with the pros first and then if you're really keen about hearing uh, strategy for yourselves then uh just wait for the next bit and we can use the amateur heat as a baseline uh but yeah we'll get into the pro uh like announcement then so obviously we had velna versus roman two of the best in the world obviously roman came second last year and velna i believe came what was it sixth at the games something like that or fifth yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so obviously two very fit individuals going head to head, obviously over the last week in the open, they took, well, Roman took first, maybe a bit of controversy depends if you believe in the rule book or not. And, uh, Velna, I think actually took third. People keep saying, oh, Roman stole the win from Velna, but I think Velna actually came third because I think Cole Shaver beat him on the tie break. So if anything actually happens, Cole Grayshaver won the workout and he's not even getting a mention. (laughs) Um, so shout out Cole Grayshaver. Uh, right, so we'll get into it. So round one, um, uh, this are base, these splits are basically based off Velner. And I got Roman at the end, as I saw, uh, he basically took the lead. Uh, so round one, Velner did in 120. So that's your five burpee pull-ups into your uh, 10 shutter runs. Remember, 10 shutter runs is actually 20 lengths of 25 foot. Then in round two, um, Velner was done in three minutes. So that was a 140. Um in terms of increased time on the next um, interval, that makes sense. So again, holding a decent pace, not a massive drop off from round one. Round three, he was done in uh, 5.13. Uh, round seven, he was done in 7.54, just under eight minutes. Uh, round five, 11.15. And uh, round six, uh, well, this is Roman, finished in 14.47 and then just sneaked in three burpee pull-ups there. Uh, the one interesting with the splits is that I just wanted to add, uh, work out um, like the extra increase per round because obviously the extra five burpee pull-ups is going to add a bit of time regardless. But if you look at Velna's splits, he only went up in uh, from round one to round two was 20 seconds. Round two to round three was 33 seconds. Round three to round four was 29 seconds. Uh, round five was um, 40 seconds. And then round six was only 11. So obviously, that's round six. That's the last one. That's when you pick up the pace again. So it showed for them the extra five burpee pull-ups was pretty much adding uh, between four to, well, the slowest was 40. So that's eight. Between four to eight seconds. So if you just average it out, we'll just stick around six seconds um, per burpee pull-up. So um, again, that's a very fast pace. When you're warming up, try to hold a burpee pull-up every six seconds. And that's what they're pretty much doing across the whole workout. Plus the shutter runs. Um, and again, the shutter run pace were all around uh, basically 110 to 120 throughout the whole workout. Uh, 
So keep that in mind. Uh, it's very fast. So again, when you're warming up, you might run. If you do um, your 10 shuttle runs in a warm-up and you do it in one minute, uh, yeah, that might be faster than what they did. Remember, now you've got to sustain that for 15 minutes straight. Um, so I would maybe temper your expectations. And then into the lift, we had uh, Roman hit a 295 pounds thruster, which I believe is, what's that, about 130? I think it's 133. Um, one, one, yeah, 130, yeah, close to 135-ish. And Vona hit 270, which is, um, what's that, 120... Uh, two-ish yes. kg. Um, so yeah, still pretty two big numbers. Um, very impressive. Under that fatigue as well, as you saw, and if, if people who watched the announcement, Werner was uh, constantly uh, shaking out his legs in the background. I took a knee multiple times. Um, but yeah, very impressive. Uh, uh, I think it was uh, similar to him, uh, similar for him to the games workout, the shuttle sprint workout where um, we saw him failing a lot of jerks because his legs were so fatigued. So I, I think that might be a potential weakness on his part, um, running straight into lifting, um, which is why you saw that sort of fairly big disparity between the two numbers. Yeah, I did have those exact thoughts when I was watching. When I was saying to you, when it was like six minutes in and he looked like he was um, just like blowing through a straw, had like no lungs left. I was like, oh no, it's like flashbacks to that shuffle to overhead from the games this past year. He's like blown up. He's going to get to the barbell. He's going to be lucky to thrust him more than like 225. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he really opened with 230. I was like, oh, come on. Yeah. Maybe that was the reason. Redemption. Yeah. yeah. Because for the <laughs> yeah for those who yeah to, to be sorry no I was going to say just yeah contrast to the shuttle to overhead for those who didn't watch it that's pretty much where Werner lost the games last year um just went <laughs> he just had a horrendous horrendous performance on the, the jerks is where he lost the games last year. <laughs> it was though. And the best part is the camera work. You just see the camera zooming out and next to him is Ricky Garrard just repping them out like they're nothing. Yeah. Um, expert trolling by the cameraman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, give some context also for the pace of those burpee pull-ups. So in round six, so the 30 burpee pull-ups, um, Roman did them in 220. So have an idea of that. That's about, what, 13-ish a minute pace? Yeah. Um, which is pretty solid. But remember, 13-minute uh, pace is uh, quick maths, about, um, well, again, four seconds-ish. That was in the, near the last round, so you obviously kept a slightly faster pace. But still, just keep that in mind, that was elite-level pace. So if you're warming up thinking, oh, holding these every five seconds feels easy, yeah, just uh, don't. <laughs> just don't do that, trust me. It's we'll like the toes bar. And see, we'll do and see, yeah, what, see what happens. happens yeah. <laughs> It was like the toes about last week. So many members trying to convince them, like, I know you're going to feel fine coming off the rower. I know it's going to feel fine to do 10 in a row, but don't. Just do five, even three, and just do fives or threes on the toes of bar. Yeah, um, coming off the rower, jumping up, doing 20 unbroken toes to bar, and then dropping off a cliff is not a not something that's advisable. Uh, I, mm. um, and, and similar to this, like you, you want to make sure that... It's a 15-minute workout. It's not a workout that is... It's a workout that can be lost in the first five minutes um, by making, by holding on to those paces that you're talking about. I mean, I think for me, I'm probably going to try and 
try and stick around that sort of um, one every 10 seconds at the start and maybe try and pick it up towards the end and, and see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, we were speaking um, while it got announced and saying, how would you even pace this? And I think still a good pace would be, imagine you're going to do a 4K row time trial and it's just that uncomfortable distance where you're basically just going to have to sit just under your threshold for the whole time. Obviously, easier starting out a bit slower than you can and then building into like a faster pace rather than starting too hot because if you start too hot, it's game over. That's a long time to suffer if you've uh, burnt yourself out too quick. So just imagine that feel. So if you've ever done a 5K row, that's a pretty common test in CrossFit. Imagine what you have to do in that um, type of scenario. It's just that slow, steady grind. And then when you get those like last two minutes, you try to pick up the pace every 20 to 30 seconds, just lowering your splits. Um, that is the feeling. I'm going to imagine what this is going to feel like. Obviously, different-ish stimulus just with like, the push and the pull, but a lot of running. Saying that, a lot of running and turning. I think, I don't know, obviously, I, haven't, I didn't hear Velner or Roman talk about it afterwards, but I don't know how people's lower backs are going to feel. Uh, looking back to that quarterfinal workout that had the wall balls, the rope climbs and the shuttle runs, I remember lowing back being uh, fairly blown up and that's just from that turn, the cutting. Um, quite love that. So that might be something to be uh, uh, be careful about. I think I think the, the one sort of technique tip for the burpee pull-ups is number one, step your burpees. Uh, number two, alternate legs that you're stepping with. Um, and make sure you're jumping with both legs, not just jumping with the one leg that you're stepping up from. Um, and then try and alternate which hand you're touching um, for that three-point touch that you have to get on the shuttle run as well. So come down, you know, come down on one side, and then on the other end of the shuttle run, come down on the other side. Uh, and I think if you can do that, you'll be, um, you'll try and minimise the localised fatigue that, that Matthew's talking about there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you've been practicing shuttle runs, you should have an idea now of how many stride lengths it takes to do one twenty-five foot segment. And as Ben was saying, with the turn and alternating your hands again, if you've done enough shuttle runs in your training, you should now have an idea of same with the burpee, the bar facing burpee. Ideally, the most efficient way is actually to um if you imagine facing one plate the whole time and you turn towards that plate and you step up with the opposite leg so it stops overworking one side, just keeping it even throughout the workout. That's exactly the same thing with the shutter run. Pick one side of the room. You're always going to turn to face. Um, yeah, that should work. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Like that's, uh, and that is why you are the coach, and I am not a coach, and I am just an <laughs> observer. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so... I mean, that was us just going through the pros' time. So, I mean, their scores are ridiculous, obviously. So, um, don't feel too down if you've heard those split times and like, oh my gosh, there's no way I'm going to hold those. Um, we'll go into some more realistic um, splits well, that I think people listening to this can hold. So, I, uh, I, I got the leaderboard out because I just wanted to have a quick look and see what's going on. And uh, a, a guy who occasionally trains at our gym has already done it and submitted his score. <laughs> um, so, Who's that? Uh, James, you know James Stewart? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's submitted his score. He got five rounds plus 21 burpee pull-ups, uh, which is uh, into the... It's on, on the round of the 30 uh, mm. pull-ups, so the sixth round. Um, yeah. That's currently fifth worldwide. So big shout-out to him if he's listening. 
Um, I need to screenshot it. Um, yeah, yeah. You say you say he got he got twenty. You say he got twenty one burpee pull ups. Yeah, so one hundred and forty six. All right, that's yeah, uh, one hundred forty six. Yeah. In the yeah, round he's a, of, he's a, he's a very fit guy. Uh, for context, his tie break time on twenty three point one was nine fifteen. Yeah, that is fast. <laughs> that is very fast. Yeah. yeah. Um, how did he do in uh, the first one? Where did he get to? Uh, Twelve ring muscle ups. I, th- I think, like, like, in all honesty, his ring muscle capacity is probably more like that. Like, he's fit as anything. Like, absolutely smashed it on the first bit. But I, I was just looking, and, and I think like that's a. Um, you can see the gap there is still, you know, what we're talking about nine burpee pull ups and the um, uh, and the shuttle runs that take you up to pretty much where Belner was. Um, oh no, Belner only got seven shuttle runs. Bumped official score. I thought he finished it. Um, so yeah, there's there's still quite a big gap, and I imagine that. If we're talking about where you want to be pacing towards for the sort of top end, you know, top 10%, uh, that round of 25 is probably where you want to be aiming for unless, uh, sorry, the round of 30 is probably where you want to be aiming for unless you've got different thoughts on that. Um, yeah, I mean, well, James Stewart, I would just, well, so we've got like a good, uh, good guy to now face off. That, yeah, he's pretty solidly fit and that's a pretty good score. And again, that'll be, um, if we're talking about percentiles, I know people have been talking about that for those who are concerned about quarters and all that jazz. Um, again, looking at his numbers, he's around that, what you say, anywhere between the 75 to 85 uh, ish percentile. Um, so that is probably going to be likely the same again for this workout. So his score of, what was it, 146? Um, yeah, that's pretty solid. Again, now and that's and again, this is low. And if he's got good, as you said, like if his tie break in that first first week was very good, it's just a muscle up capacity holding a bat. Then um, capacity wise on all the aerobic front, all that jazz, um, he's probably got quite a good energy system base. So he might even finish higher in terms of percentile this week. So that score theoretically could even be looking close to a ninety percent plus percentile. Uh, and his weight is not too bad either, two twenty-one pounds, just shy of a hundred kg. Um, yeah. Well, basically, yeah. Well, hundred is a hundred, isn't it? If it's a two-point-two conversion that they use. Yeah. Yeah. On, yeah. Uh, CrossFit. Um, but yeah, that's very impressive. Again, that lift will probably be well easier. I think uh, ninety plus percentile um, for the Do you lift. A hundred kg. I think so. Um, I know, like, well, thing is, you're, it depends who you're based because all you're just, uh, who you're imagining, because the BFG boys are all very fit and strong. But you've got to think about the average member doing this. Um, yeah, very true. Very true. I think, I think sometimes, uh, you forget, like, uh, you forget how skewed. Yeah. Like, that guy in the, the amateur in the announcement, uh, Joel Treller, he only, um, thrusted 165 pounds which is basically 75 kg um so i'll keep that in mind but yeah this will be quite similar to what we saw with um the complex we had in 2021 was it where yeah Yeah, after the yeah yeah. yeah after that workout where people had aspirations for hitting certain numbers and then you get there and have that sudden realization of, okay, I cannot hit that number. I think, I think you like, even the broadcast, you the Tommy Mark guys talking about, 
oh right yeah like in 2011 these are the numbers that people were hitting and like yeah i think roman exceeded that but i, I don't think that's like you using roman as a yardstick is probably not a good idea for the majority of individuals within the sport um for various reasons. yeah well, well i mean being fresh um are those like Velen and Krenikov were both thrust to more than three fifteen? Like they'll probably get close to one forty five, even uh, one fifty might be a bit outraged. I don't know, but around that, if they're fresh, so yeah. again, keep that in mind. If you're fresh, fresh thruster, his has a tongue twister. Fresh thruster <laughs> is uh, um, literally only about one hundred kg. Um, if that, uh, I would again take about eighty percent uh, of that number after this workout. Be pretty solid. AT classic lifting on the fatigue. Obviously, it depends what the workout is, depends what the stimulus is. But if you gain ninety, if you gain close to ninety percent of a one rep max of a lift, that is very, very good. Um, if you're in a big hole after a metcon, so yeah, anything eighty to nine percent be pretty solid. Um, yeah, most definitely. Right. Well, we'll look at the amateur splits just because um, not everyone's Pat Velen and Roman Krenikov. Um, and by look at things, not everyone's James Stewart because his scores better than uh, these guys' scores. Um, so for the amateur people, we had of the Kathleen Staunton and Joel Treller. Um, well, as I said at the start, Kathleen got 101 reps and Joel got 102. So they were, I believe, Joel that was 12 uh, burpee pull-ups into the round of 25. Um. So on their splits, so round one was 155. Compare that to round one of Velner, who was in 120. So already 30, uh, 35 seconds behind just in round one. Um, round two was done in 430. And for that comparison, it was three minutes, Velner and Krenikov. So again, that's already a minute and a half behind. Uh, then the, there was a big drop off. Round three was 811. Um, whereas round three for Velner and then was 513. Round four, 12.50, almost basically 13 minutes. And then um, they got capped in that uh, next round. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, paces for those, for them. So again, when I looked at the burpee pull-ups, like the increase per round, uh, so obviously for Velen and Krenikov, it was about 20 to 30 seconds added um, per set. And that was basically because of those five extra burpee pull-ups. For these, um, for Joel and... Uh, Kathleen it was more about 40 plus so the first two rounds were 40 seconds then an extra 44 seconds um, and that's based and that's similar to what you were saying earlier about how your burpee pull up pace would be closer to that 8 to 10 second pace and there was a big drop off in the round of 4 it was a hun- uh, 100 it was a 120 slower uh, minutes wise so that's um, a big big drop so that shows again for that type of fitness level they might have still gone out too uh, hot even for their ability, because that's quite a big uh, dramatic drop in pace, basically three times slower on those burpee pull-ups. Um, so just, again, keep that in mind. These people were going at about um, 10 seconds a rep on the burpee pull-ups, and even for them, that was too hot of a pace to hold once they got into round four. Um, but yeah. Sorry. Watching the leaderboard live is very, very interesting. Um, as we're seeing more and more scores come in, um, but yeah, I think that like it's it's what we talked about earlier about like knowing your pace early on, making sure that you're not you, you're not losing a huge amount of time. So 
going a little bit slower in those early rounds means that you don't see the same sort of drop off in pace that you would that that those guys saw in the announcement as well. Yeah. Um, anything else to cover on that workout? I mean, just overall thoughts, as we said at the start, I think it's a very good workout. It's going to hurt a lot, I think, 50 minutes straight through. And again, like uh, for your average member, um, he probably train, you know, one hour, three or four days a week. The concept of pacing might still not be ingrained in them. So I think even if they have listened to this and they're going to try their best, I still think they might go a bit too hot about four minutes in and then realize, oh, I've got a very, very long way to go. And the pace might drop dramatically. That's okay. If that does, if it, that does happen, you're one of those people. Uh, just mentally, like even for that rest that round, maybe um, just uh, basically recoup on your shutter runs, take it easy, and then reassess where you're at when you get back to the pull-up bar, and see if you can get those splits back down again, and then just keep uh, chugging along. Yeah, 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 most definitely. I, I think um, it's it's the hair in the tortoise analogy, like start slow and you'll probably do a lot better than somebody who goes you know who shoots out the game really hot um and if you can you know control that pace early on control your heart rate like you definitely have a much better chance of a getting a better score on part a and b having a better score on part b as well mm. but uh, while well, saying that the one issue with a double score is we get into is do you pace part A to the point where you get an even better score on part B or do you just sell yourself on part A as if part B didn't exist and then just see what you could put up in part B what what, what would your um, go to be I I think like five minutes is a decent ish amount of time to try and recover um, what I think is going to be underestimated is how your legs are going to feel coming off part A so you're doing the shuttle runs, that jump up, if you're being relatively efficient and not kipping your pull-ups, like that jump up to the bar every single time is going to really start to, is gonna get, start to get quite fatiguing. Um, so I imagine that, that the thing you're going to miss is that drive on your thruster. Um, so it's a, it's a difficult one because it, depends, it all depends on your capacity as an athlete. If you if you know you're not fit enough to be able to hold on to the pace in part A, then you know, and, and you know you can put a really really good score up in part B, then you know swing for the fences. But I think unfortunately for if you want a good score in both, uh, well, in, in order to do well in the CrossFit Open, you now have to have a good score in both, and you have to be fit enough to be able to absolutely smash the first part, and then get three solid lifts in in part B as well. Yeah, I mean, I would say you actually just have to treat part A as if it was a standalone workout. And then this is just from experience of doing qualifiers. You just got, if it's a two-parter and usually the second parter is a lift, you just got to accept part A, everyone is going to go hot regardless because you can't pace it to a point where you want to quote unquote recover for the lift and save yourself for it because you're going to come dead last in like a qualifier. And then it doesn't matter if you do a run the lift because that's going to net out to a worse finish overall. So really, when you see a two-parter like this, the game is who can get the best score on part A and then who is fit enough to recover to then express the strength they've built up for a heavy lift. So my approach would be treat part A as if it was a standalone test. And as Ben said, five minutes is quite a lot of time to recover. So take one to two minutes of that five minutes uh, to get yourself set up. And let's say if you rest two minutes, you have three minutes left. You could either try go one thruster on the minute. So that'll be three lifts. 
uh, maybe one every 45 seconds, sneak an extra one in there. But I think three lifts will be enough. Again, when you're warming up for it, build up to that max. Uh, either just, well, ideally probably just below what you think you're going to hit. Uh, save it for the workout. Um, but yeah, I would honestly go in and just give your best effort on part A. And then this is the thing. When it comes to training, you need to train to a point where um, you basically build up a strength base that you can just rely on that under any fatigue. So obviously you're not going to hit your true max in this situation, but if you've done enough strength work, you shouldn't be stressing about, you know, a 50% drop off, which then gives you confidence to attack the first one properly, recover, and then go put up a good number in part B. That would be uh, my advice. Um, Yeah, I'd be 100% right. Yeah, right. Anything else? Or do you want to do a little recap of last week? Um, no, I, I just think similar to last week where every ring muscle up was a big separator. Every burpee pull up is going to really matter. That last minute, uh, wherever you're at in the workout, you have to push hard um, in, in order to sort of make sure that you're putting yourself in the best possible position um, for the workout as a whole. Because uh, it looks like a lot of the scores that we're already in are in that round of 30 burpee pull-ups and you're already starting to see you know every rep is making you, you're getting people bunched up together on particular uh, particular reps so that's just something to look out for and make sure that you're pacing yourself accordingly cool right should we uh look at last week a bit give our uh, well yeah um, see what see what went on yeah um so from a from a European standpoint, top forming European male was Guillaume Grion. Uh, Who was a second? Uh, second top forming was Georges Caravis. Um, oh, who I was a? Who was third? Uh, yeah, third was Yella Hoster. Um, who's uh, actually who's sitting? Oh, oh, I thought he was a master. I take that back. He's twenty eight. Uh, don't know what's going on there. Uh, Jan Hoster in fourth, Victor Hoffer in fifth uh, in, on Europe, and Yoda Koski in sixth. Oh, that's what I'm trying to go for. There he is. Yeah, so Yonok, uh, yeah, for those who didn't listen to episode one, I did pick Yonokoski to win in Europe. I mean, it's not job done, but it's fifth, so it's a good start. Still quite yeah. a few long way to go. But where's your pick? I'm still scrolling. Oh, there he is, 14th. That's all right. You might get burpees and oh, we might not actually get burpees now anymore on the with the dumbbell snatch and the wall walks. That's that's awkward. Um, but you know, still these two scores plus week three. You never know. Um, might make a good comeback. Two, I think it's also do well this week. Um, yeah, and, I think you will. Like, yeah, I, I did actually. Like uh, Brian Friend, who's a crossfit analyst, put up a question box of who do you think is going to do well in twenty uh, in twenty three point one. I put George Caravis in, um, and so I'm a little bit annoyed that I didn't make that <laughs> claim a little bit more publicly, aside from just as someone's random Instagram story question marks. Um, but yeah, he uh, he did well. Um, I, I think w- what's interesting here is that you have the differentiation between someone like Yellow Hosto, who's like six foot two or six foot one, six foot two, like a big guy who's great on the rower. And contrast that with Victor Hoffer, who's 19, who's 20 now. Sorry, he's not 19 anymore. 
uh, a little bit smaller. He's like a sort of gymnastics, like he's very, very good at gymnastics. Um, so, and you, you're seeing that difference of, okay, somebody who can really push hard on the row and somebody who's got the gymnastics capacity and so can push hard there as well. And with that first workout, you've got to see both being um, represented in the sort of top 10 to 20 across Europe. Mm. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you who we actually sort of neglected. Um, Fabian Benito, seventh place, kind of his big win in Dubai for those who watched. Heartbreak for Fukowski on his last lunge, a little numpty. Just got to look out, <laughs> silly boy. Little numpty. Um, <laughs> that was like, I that was be... with, the, with that and, and Valner at Rome, like this uh, off season, yeah. absolutely heartbreaking for, for fans of Canadian. <laughs> No, I still think the Vona one was way worse. Going from well, from second to first to fourth in the space of ten reps, that was um, yeah. hard to watch. But yeah, like uh, Fabi had a, uh, a slightly disappointing semi-finals last year. Um, there was a couple of workouts where there were some issues uh, for him. Where I, I think it was the lift where. He wasn't lifting at the right time and a couple of other things that ended up messing things up um but he was sort of on the outside looking in but then he as you've already referenced had a great off season in dubai um sort of coming out of him and march finally coming out of nowhere <laughs> to uh uh to, to place first and second at dubai um which sort of sets him up for a really good season this year uh, so really interested to see how those guys do yeah right should we look at the woman on europe Right, don't worry, you can get me back for my pick on this one because she did not do too good. She was actually in, I think I, th I think it was in Brian Friend's most disappointing performances list. I think he had like a list of like 10 athletes. I think Emma McQuaid was one of them. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, don't know, I don't know what went on there. Like she must be, I don't know, she, she must have been an issue. I think uh, firstly, we'll, we'll run through the, uh, the top 10 women from Europe. Laura Horvath uh, coming back from CrossFit misloading her bar. Uh, in first, um, Jack and Dahlstrom in second. <laughs> shout out the shout out CrossFit the workers. <laughs> <laughs> shout out CrossFit and they're off. Needing you off there, so you know where I am. Jack and Dahlstrom in second. Uh, Samantha Briggs at the impressive age of forty or forty-one. Ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely insane. Um, coming through and uh, getting fifty-eight calories on the rower. Um, it's just absolutely insane. Um, like fair play to her. Um, Gavin Gala, Terry Helga daughter, uh, the quietest top performer in, in CrossFit who just somehow makes the games. How many times do you think Terry Helga daughter has made it to the games? The way you've said that, I think she's probably made it like four or five times. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. She made it to the games wow. seven times. And yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely insane. Um, and she's she's not classed as one of the daughters. Absolutely insane. Um, but anyway, uh, Emma Tall came in sixth. Karen Freyover in seventh. Uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter in eighth. Uh, Laurie Clement in ninth at 36. Um, Matilda Garns uh, in tenth. And then big shout out to Hel Helena Collins, uh, our Jolly Sailor, uh, taking 11th worldwide in that workout. That is huge. Um, Massive shout out to Sandy, uh, who coaches her. Well, I think it's Gibson and Collins. They, they work together on the coaching. But yeah, uh, 
an absolutely insane score for her. That's a really, really good yeah. score. Yeah. I mean, to be fair to... Um, we did not argue Laura and Gabby had an advantage because they had to do it twice. <laughs> I think we don't really have a huge amount of visibility. of, and, and I think we'll add some context here. It's very difficult to know how seriously people are taking this open. How many people yeah, are exactly. doing this work? How many people are just doing it as one and done? Um, well, I know a few people are redoing it. <laughs> <laughs> I should have redone it in an effort to try and get one room off up because somebody uh, did it uh, Monday morning and got one room off up ahead of me and I was absolutely thrilled with him. So well done. <laughs> well, from the experience in my gym, um, my training partners redid it and I'm not going to name who was who, but one got one extra rep and one got exactly the same score. And the one who got the exact same score got to the mass-ups a minute faster than their first attempt. Um, so let's say the, the morale was the morale was uh, weird. I won't say low, it was just weird uh, after that workout. Quick, quick, quick side, like talking, talking about redos, I think, I think redoing it and getting exactly the same score like should just be like, yeah, it's gutting in the moment that you didn't get an extra one. But equally, like you're just like, okay, like I just proved that this was my, I was at my capacity. Well, exactly. That's that's yeah. That's yeah. how we framed it. So when we spoke about it afterwards, we're like, well, this is just shows. This is just what your capacity is at the moment. Um, for one of them, that just shows the one who got the extra rep. That was like that's just your capacity at the moment. Um, and then the other, they actually did it on the Saturday. Their first attempt, they had less rest between attempt one and attempt two. Plus, I say this person's earlier in their development. So it's like I think you just also for the you're not used to that volume even though it's like 50 toes a bar, you're not used to doing 100 in the space of 48 hours in that intensity plus the muscle-ups. Um, so yeah, that uh, that is true. So if you do really do it again, it gives, that's like the one big benefit of it is just it gives you peace of mind to either know, okay, I did it wrong the first time. Uh, I should have done it because I got a way better score or two. If I get exactly the same, um, it just shows I tapped the first bit right or it's just my capacity. It just is what it is. Um, yeah. So it's not always a bad thing. Uh, one of the, uh, so 2019, 19.1, I did that workout Friday morning. We went down to Sid for the weekend. Um, that was back when Sid was a sanctional, and that was the first workout that everyone did on the Friday. So I did that Friday morning. I was had a manic weekend, like obviously uh, supporting Zach and uh, like watching everyone else go. Uh, it was. I think I went to a gig Saturday night. So very much not recovered by the time that I came back around to do it on Monday. Did it, got exactly the same score again. And was just just a, a little, just annoyed at that fact. But like you look at it with the benefit of hindsight, and you're like, you know what? I, I paced that as perfectly as I could. Um, but yeah, like to, to circle back around to the, uh, to the Women's European Leaderboard, um, it was a really strong, uh, start for the women uh, across the board, like absolutely dominating the top 20 worldwide. Um, I think that the program always talk about Europe is coming. I think very much Europe is coming. Um, and hopefully they can start to put on a showcase of, right, we should have a lot more game spots than we're getting at the moment. And really excited to see how that starts to stack up for the rest of the season as well. 
Mm. And then um, we'll move on to the UK woman. Um, so, I mean, the top 10, we are saying before we got on, is literally uh, pretty much the who's who of UK CrossFit. It's pretty much what we spoke about from last year. They should look out for just in a row. Sam Briggs, Helena Collins, Taylor Howe, Amy Kringle, Lauren Stillwood, Sapphire Goldard, Malin Harris, Jennifer Muir, Lois Smith, Evie Hollis. Like literally just, that's it. Just all in line. Um, I mean, I don't know what that says. Maybe that says the workout is a really good indicator of just general uh, CrossFit ability. Um, at the, at yeah. the level, I would, I would certainly say it is. Um, but the one thing I don't think we referenced on the podcast last week is that obviously Lucy's, Lucy Campbell was pulled out of the yeah. season with a wrist injury. Uh, so I'd expect that we'd see her very much near the top of that leaderboard. Um, probably giving Sam Briggs a run for her money. Uh, maybe getting on mm-hmm. that road. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all to see Lucy do that. Uh, so wish all the best to her and hope she's uh, able to rest up, recover well, and have a really good off season. Uh, I'm hoping we can be talking about her in eight or nine months' time at Dubai or Rogue or what a palooza. Yep. I was gonna say I was gonna say RIP, but she's not actually dead. She just she just she's recovering from an injury. But but looking yeah, looking down the leaderboard, like you, you do see that there's um there's a little bit of separation, you know, like everyone who got back onto that ro- on onto the rower, I think, separate themselves as having really strong uh, ring muscle capacity. And within that sort of top 20, we see people who are very close to qualifying for semifinals. I think that if you were to just utilize one workout as an indicator of who should be getting to semifinals, I, th- I think 23.1 is a great indicator of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what um, the results are of this one, because then obviously like Boz, so for those who followed last season's games, he believed that best indicator of who would win the games was the person who'd average best across shuttle to overhead a and b which was obviously running and then into the heavy jerks so you could argue looking at the open if he believes that it could be a similar thing for 23.2 like if you asked him what of your tests you've written for this open you would indicate the fittest person he might be like well if you see um the best person who averages across um part a and part b of week two they might be the so it'd be interesting to just compare how um it stacks up this week. Uh, um, who that was? Uh, who got the highest average on um, sandbag to over, shuttle to overhead? Well, I, I don't. Well, it's probably Tia, isn't it? I believe she came like second, second or something, or like first, second, uh, something crazy. Second, first. Uh, second and first. Yeah. Uh, oh, for the men, the best average. Uh, I think the best average across between the two might have been might have been. Ricky, I know Jeff Adder did quite well, obviously on the jerks, but um, I think average across. I think Ricky might have got the best average. Uh, you would be wrong on that front. I hate to see it. Oh wait, no, sorry, I was looking at the wrong one. Oh, please be right. I'll be so <laughs> the okay, comeback. So Ricky got second and third. Oh, so it's the best average. Uh, ooh, one other person got second. Oh, who was that? <laughs> so, so we got tied first. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. What was 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 there a tie break? 
Did Ricky get a, did Ricky get a tie break? No, um, but yeah, fair. But yeah, so I mean, yeah, fairly accurate so from. Saxon ended up finishing eleventh, uh, so um, yeah, it worked out on one side of things, but not on the other side of things. But yeah, uh, just something interesting to, to look at. Yeah, so we shall see. Um, but yeah, yeah, any other of the ladies? I mean, you just had obviously. Uh, who we thought might win in the UK. We obviously had Taylor, well, you said maybe Taylor Howe, obviously Amy Kringle. Uh, when we recorded it, we thought Lucy. So between those three as the top dogs in UK and they're third and fourth after week one. So not too uh, surprising. Uh, Jennifer Muir, top 10 with an eighth place. Eighth, yeah. Uh, Mads uh, lost all words at training out across it in Victus. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, doing really well out there. I don't know whether she's going team out there or not. Um, but that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I'm just, gonna sc- I'm just, just scrolling down to see if there's any um, surprises of like on the negative side. It doesn't look like it too much. Um, no, no, I wouldn't say that. No. I think, yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much what we thought maybe for the women. Let's look at the men then. Um, what were the men saying? Well, obviously... Yeah. Now that the scores have been adjusted. Oh, where's where's number one gone? My guy Dan Williams. <laughs> what a story! From level <laughs> six to best in the UK in the space of a year. Um, yeah, <laughs> leave it at that. True tale. <laughs> Unfortunately, it has meant I've now moved up from 69th to 68th, and 69 obviously is just you know meme number. So I was enjoying. <laughs> I was just enjoying living that moment. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Right, moving on. Uh, so we actually had a three-way tie at the top in terms of number of reps uh, for the men uh, from the UK. All one two seven seven. Uh, all three governed uh, by their tie-break time. Uh, so Oleg Lysenko uh, rocked up and got to the... His tie-break time was 7.31. That is fast. Wow. That is very fast. Compare that to... Uh, uh, Mr. Zach George with a tiebreak of 8.03 and um, mm. just edging out Sam Parkin uh, who had a tiebreak of 8.04. Uh, then, Wasn't Roman's um, like 6.49 or six, uh, something like that? Something crazy. If if you want to watch something crazy impressive, uh, just go and watch. Uh, I think both Roman and Pat's uh, videos are both out on YouTube. Roman's on Yeah, the they are. So they have Pat on his own YouTube channel. Uh, just go and watch. It's very interesting to see how differently they approach it. Um, but does but does Roman score actually count though? That's that's the question. <laughs> does it actually count? Does it count? He did. He had assistance on the rower monitor. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing this. It's, it's half past ten on a Thursday night, man. Also, the question is: was was Velna actually was Velna actually using a PM five monitor? Looked like a PM three. That row machine looked ancient, um, and that cost him about eight seconds at least. Yeah, yeah. My guy was pulling for his pulling for his life and getting zero cows. If Velna was sponsored by Concept Two, he definitely would have won that workout because he would have had an up to date row uh, rounding out the top 10 for the men, uh, Sam Robinson uh, out of CrossFit Club La Santa uh, in Tenerife, I believe it is, uh, in fourth, 
Sharunki, uh, David Sharunki in fifth, Reggie Fasser in sixth, Will Kane in seventh, Harry Lightfoot in eighth, Mitch Adams in ninth, and Andrew McCoy in tenth. Um, a lot of 30-plus guys repping in the top ten. Um, yeah. Where are the young guns, Matthew Hosking? Where are you? Uh. 11th for Peters, <laughs> literally the next guy is a young gun. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, Zach, Sam, Sam, Sharunki, uh, Will, uh, Mitch, and Andrew McCoy, who are all yeah. 30 plus. Um, yeah, I'm just going on the leaderboard. Yeah, I think you've got Phil Peters for the young guys, you've got Phil Peters. Um, and then in 27th, you have Tom Kingdon, who I believe is only like 21 or 22. Yeah. Uh, Connor uh, Pinkton in 29th. Alex Millington's there as well in 13th at uh, 25. Um, um, Joshua Farmer down in 18th. Um, I think they I watched their Invictus behind the scenes and they, they seem to be pretty casual about how they were treating it. Yeah, I think looking at some of the names on the leaderboard, especially in that top 50, well, top, top 100, let's say, there's a few names who I would expect to have probably put up higher scores. Uh, a few I've heard obviously uh, took it maybe easy. Others, I think, actually paced it wrong. Um, like, look at Toby Buckland. Um, I'm going to say only. He's still got 244, which is still very good, but I would have thought to see him a lot higher in that workout. Shout out Josh, Josh Berniston, our own giraffe from PFG. Uh, big score, two, five, uh, two four five, forty six. That must be a career high in open placements in the UK. Do you think? I know he did very well at the Ring Muscle Up Wobble Row one back in like 2020. I don't know if that if he finished high in the UK in that one, but um, yeah, 46. Very nice. But yeah, yeah, on the whole, I think, as, as we've already discussed, like, it's a similar sort of thing. This workout um, is still a fairly strong indicator of, of who's going to do well uh, in terms of making it to semi-finals going forward if they elect to push to semi-finals. Because um, obviously we've got a couple of people going for team in that top 10. Um, and on that note, we'll move across to the teams um, and have a look at the teams in Europe. Um, Gosh, look, look at you carrying this podcast. I completely forgot about them. I was about to log off. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll do it too on Sunday, it's alright. Um, uh, CrossFit Zoroot's uh, training call. Um, ooh, interesting. Uh, that's. I wasn't expecting them to go team. Uh, that is Fabian Benito, Anyola Kai, or Hannah Moya, and. Uh, but they've got a fairly big roster, so. Because um, I know they've tried to make the games before as a team, but I'd imagine that both Fabian Benito and Aniel Akai are pushing to make it as individuals. Um, and Ohana Moya as well. Um, but she's probably just outside that bubble uh, in terms of the top 10 making it. Um, so if we look at it from a European standpoint, no shortcuts CrossFit in second as mm. Andre Houdet's team that he's put together this year. Uh, CrossFit Grillen. Um, from France, uh, which includes Victor Hoffer. They went semis last year on a team. Uh, CrossFit Senegalia uh, out of Italy. CrossFit Trondheim from Norway. Uh, and then our top um, Northern Irish team is 
Crooked Lake CrossFit uh, with Mickey Smith and Alan Quaid uh, contributing scores. But again, I think it's a similar thing where because you can have such a deep roster, you can utilize other people's scores to help make sure that you're qualifying for quarterfinals, uh, for team quarterfinals at that point. Um, across the odds of Navy Blue coming in with seventh in a way to make their way back to try and three-peat their back-to-back podiums. Um, uh, other notable ones, CrossFit Rotherham uh, look to be putting a team together. So that's Dan Tice, Saf Goddard, Georgia Davenport, and Moritz Neumann. Um, which Morris Long was getting around last weekend. He was at Turf Games on Saturday and then up to Rotherham to do the workout uh, around then as well. Um, and uh, who else are we going to call out? Obviously, something I referenced before the Norwegians, there's four Norwegian teams in the top 20. Uh, so fair play to them. <laughs> um, just coming out and absolutely smashing it. Um, yeah, I'm saying I'm a lot now, which I think tells me I'm tired. So that's the team competition. <laughs> nice. Good job. Well done. Um, yeah, I think that's it um, for tonight. So again, this was literally just us, just off the cuff. We just literally jump on straight after an open announcement. Uh, we usually just make some rough notes and then just try, yeah, basically just talk a bit of rubbish for 45 to an hour. So please forgive, again, any uh, stumblings through we saw uh, that's what we do that's 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 our motto pretty much of this podcast um so actually i don't apologize for it you're welcome for the stumblings that's that's, that's what we do <laughs> uh yeah if um if you're enjoying these and we haven't we haven't done this yet if, if you are enjoying these uh please throw a like on it uh subscribe follow us on follow us on instagram <laughs> Uh, subscribe on YouTube, uh, give us a five-star rating in all the good places. Um, that would be much appreciated. Uh, and let us know in the comments what you want to hear us cover. Um, it's a long season. Uh, we'll obviously be talking about the Open for the next couple of weeks and then start to shift into quarterfinals. But then we want to start talking about, you know, uh, we referenced Sid's British Champs uh, last week. And I think we'd be keen to sort of look at the UK and uh, other European competitions and uh, take it from there. Yeah. Cool. Right. We'll leave it there. We'll see you uh, next week. Goodbye. See you next week.